up, everybody? Welcome to the Addicted Hunting Podcast. This is episode number two. Yeah. My name is Sean Keller, and uh, you guys want to introduce yourselves? Yeah, I'm Jesse Kelly. Jesse Kelly, and you're part of Addicted Hunting, aren't you? Yes, sir. Jesse's one of the guys that's helping us uh, grow this thing out there, and one of the guys that has a lot of experience, been hunting his whole life, very, very good at hunting, and has learned a lot along with Sean and Cliff, so... If you have questions to ask about hunting, make sure you ask one of those three, not me, because I'm just like the outsider that is. I like fishing and I like to hunt like three or four weeks out of the year. So, but anyway, I, my name's Marlon Lefever. I'm, I'm, I'm in the studio as well. Go ahead, Cliff. I'm just gonna interrupt. Yeah, I'm Cliff Sully. I'm part of this whole uh, big shindig we're doing here tonight. Pretty excited. We got uh, got some cool stuff we're gonna talk about. Yeah, I think so. We're gonna we're gonna start this episode off with uh, talking about our elk season and how it's gone so far. Uh, all three of us, me, Sean, Keller, Cliff, and Jesse, we all archery hunt. Uh, Marlin's a rifle hunter, so his his elk season hasn't started yet. Right. I'm, I'm holding it down for you, rifle Pumpkin hunters out there. I'm holding it down for you guys. Pumpkin patch. We're we're gonna start off and talk about how our our elk season went. And, uh, it was, it was pretty successful for the most part. Um, dude, I want to hear like your stories. That's oh. what, that's what people out here. I'm sure all you guys listening before we forget to say this, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button because we got one of these podcasts coming out once a week. So make sure you guys subscribe. We'll be talking about some really entertaining things. So hit that little subscribe button on iTunes, Google play or Spotify. And with that being said, Sean, like I said, I want to hear your guys' badass stories that you have. So I'm going to start off with, uh, we a couple years ago, we had this great idea that we wanted to go to Colorado <laughs> and go elk hunting. We, we had huge expectations, as most people do, and they plan a big hunt. And, and we're, we're not able to afford to go out, out of state all the time. Like it, It's a kind of a big commitment for us. So it was a big deal. We planned it for a couple years, and... Uh, we wanted to make sure that we had at least a couple days to hunt our home state here in Washington before we left for Colorado. That's sweet. So it left us a day and a half, two days. Two days max. Yeah. Max. To hunt in Washington before you bailed to Colorado? Yeah, yeah. So we pretty much was like Saturday, Sunday, if we were into the elk, like maybe pan it out through the whole day and take a late night and take off and like, dark and head to colorado you guys are nuts we weren't gonna stay we weren't gonna sleep yeah like, yeah if we could drive all night then we had five guys we were gonna do it that's true just rotated in and out mm-hmm. yeah so, so what happened we went into uh one of our hunting areas that we've had success in before and it was pretty much we were oh, wait, go, step back a notch because how was that? Were you guys like, crap, where should we go? Like, should we hit this this weekend? Should we hit this this weekend? Or did you guys like no, pretty just, much knew like, all right, this is the area we'd scouted out. You knew where you were going. Open yeah, weekend. we didn't even, we weren't going to even play around with trail cameras or anything. We just went straight to our normal spot. Nice. We usually go to. Nice. Yeah, and so we all got <laughs> off work Friday. We bombed. It's, you know. It's quite a few hours away where we hunt and we bombed over there and we were just kind of winging it. It was going to depend on if the the bulls were talking, whether we were going to stay there more than a day or not. And, uh, we're, we're excited. Uh, we're, we're, we're sleeping. 
we we were sleeping in uh Jacob was sleeping in the truck in, yeah, the, front he slept seat, in the front seat and me and Jesse put out our hammocks which those things are game changer if yeah. the weather's yes. nice but uh and we got up the next early was it next chilly morning. that night no. no dude it was literally so warm it was I woke creepy up warm in a t-shirt at four o'clock in the morning nice like walking around those are the best nights of sleep in a hammock yeah and so and that's you know that to some people, especially it kind of worried like, us for hunting. Yeah, you know, like, for hunting. Yeah. I mean, being yeah, that no, warm sure. in the morning, I was like, great. What's it gonna do in the middle of the day? Like, are we working on a scorcher here on opening day, or what's gonna happen? Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. Tell them what happened opening morning, Jesse. So you guys woke up, rolled out of your freaking hammocks. I want to know what you Tried. guys had for breakfast. Nothing. Okay. <laughs> we, we usually don't eat breakfast. Yeah. I mean. Rarely will sometimes eat oatmeal real quick, but all you guys out there listening, do you guys eat breakfast before you hunt in the morning? Because I know I have to, or I get like I don't feel right, like I feel sick if I don't eat something at least. I just I wake up and I'm like, there, we gotta go. Time to kill. It's about to be daylight. We gotta be up (laughs) here, this spot right here, this second bugling right before it gets daylight. That's what we did. We took off and what we hiked, we got to where we wanted to be. Way quicker than we thought we were going to. Yeah. Because it was... It's opening day, man. Dude, you guys well, are probably just bombing up the hill, too. It's dark, and you're Way just faster than yeah. looking at a light in front of you, and you just take off. Yeah. We got up there, and it was still dark, so we sat for, what, probably a half an hour? Yeah. 45 minutes? So it was just you three, though, right? Yeah, just me, Sean, and then my little brother, Jacob. Okay. Uh, But yeah, we got up in there, and freaking first bugle, Jacob ripped off answers like no way <laughs> like, that's and, not real and that was a first for us we'd been hunting this area for the last three years and that was the first time that the first bugle we ripped off we got an answer so that was pretty exciting that's a win right yeah. There. oh yeah, yeah no it was awesome so we were all excited so you went we gotta oh. get this bull oh yeah what we, happened we took off and we had to go back down the ridge a little ways to get our win right so we dropped off and it's off the opposite side of the ridge we wanted to head to but i mean a bull bugles that's where you go yeah <laughs> so we dropped down and got in on him and bugled nothing man okay. after you hike all that way <laughs> hike yeah. down there a little further yeah and we're going back downhill yeah. get down there bugle again nothing bull shuts up we're like i knew it was too good to be true so we hike back up all the way back, get back on track to where we were heading. Walk down a little ways further. I, at that point, I I was, I knew that we were gonna get into more bulls. Just oh, like yeah, I mean, right we off were, the bat, we weren't even. We'd never even called a bull in down there. Yeah, where we were, we weren't even to the spot we usually hunt. Yep. Like where we've got into all of our previous bulls. So we get up in there. Another one, rip off a bugle, nothing. We walk down, what, probably a good mile or two. Yeah. So is this Jacob that's ripping these bugles off? Yeah. Because, I mean, I've heard how, how good of a caller you are. So let's, st- let's step back <laughs> a little bit. So we did miss a, a, a key part of this story. So we get up to where we're going to start hunting, and it's, it's half an hour before daylight, like Jesse said, and we're sitting there, and we're like, kind of playing rock, paper, scissors, who's shooter. Oh, yeah. And we couldn't figure it out. And I'm like, well, it's not my turn to shoot. Like I knew it wasn't my turn to shoot. Right. I, I thought it was Jesse's turn to shoot. And Jacob's like, well, 
me and Jesse have killed bulls up here. You haven't. So you're shooter. It's and like I'm a like, backhanded compliment. <laughs> but well, no, I know I was shooter. You know, I was the last shooter last year. So I right. felt like it was Jesse's turn, but they determined that I was shooter. That's cool. That's cool that you guys can do that. Cause I know, I know it can get heated uh, when it comes to some, some of those times, like who's going to be the shooter. Oh, there was a time up there. Me and Jacob got on a bull. And we forgot to do that until the bull was in sight. Too late. <laughs> and we were only like, what, 19, 20 at the time. And yeah. it was like, <clears throat> so we're over there fighting with each other. Rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> I win. So he's going, no, best two out of three. And I'm like, no, no, it's only one. You're you're done. So <laughs> bull, bull <laughs> Needless to say, we ended up sneaking in on that bull. And then he ended up running off and winning us. But it was, yeah, that was pretty funny. But anyways, back to the story. So, yeah, we declared Sean's going to be the shooter. Jacob ripped off a bugle, and he got a bull to answer. So I was like, I'll take the camera. Well, I'm going to try this thing out. So we get down there in the second spot. We get another bugle, and it's really close. So Really close. We run in on him, and we run, like, a very aggressive tactics, like, when we're bugling, if a bull answers and he's, you know, you feeling a little interested, we just run straight in at him. Get as close as you can, as quick as you can. Cut him off if you have to. Just be the aggressor. So we get down in there and he's kind of talking back and forth, but he's being real shy. Kind of making these weird, like, groaning noises and stuff. And So then I started cow calling a couple times and he started answering to that big Which, time that's something that we don't normally do is throwing no. cow calls with our bugles no i was i was really surprised at how that bull reacted to those cow calls because normally like we just don't do that yeah. you we guys stick, run reeds or diaphragms when you're when you're cow calling i just pretty much all diaphragms okay yeah <clears throat> most yeah i have one i have like a phelps easy estrus yeah but hangs around your neck no, I mean, I use it, but oh. most of the time when I'm bugling, I never take my reed out. So it's just like right, right. second nature to toss it in. But yeah, he ended up coming in and there was kind of big opening to our right, thicker timber on our left. And he sounded like he was coming around and was going to skirt the edge of that opening. So Jacob sets back a little bit. Me and Sean got in there. And then he was coming in. We ended up switching spots on where we were sitting because we thought we heard him crashing over to our right. Well, he kind of looped around us. And at that point, he was so close that we were kind of hosed and I didn't want to move. And Jacob was over to the, our left. So I just looked at him and was like, hey, like you need to knock an arrow right now. Yeah. Like he's coming straight to you. So he quits calling knocks an arrow so he was headed straight for jacob at this point yeah, yeah. okay yeah we so, kind of got flipped around yeah. and so jacob yeah. was the caller and became the shooter like really fast okay. it happened in like 15 seconds it was really it's unpredictable fast. i know that well yeah. yeah you heard him yeah he was over here and then all them things are so freaking quiet you don't ever know where they're at mm -hmm. stick cracks over here and we're like okay we were gonna move over there, but I was like, told Sean, I'm like, no, like just stay here. There's, we're hosed. Like we're not gonna be able to do it. So, pretty much, Jacob drops the bugle. 
knocks an arrow and gets ready. And so now we're just kind of bystanders sitting here watching. Just wait. Trying to video him, like, and all of a sudden he starts drawing, and I'm like, oh man, here we go. And, and we were behind there. a thicket, so we couldn't see that bull where he was coming yeah. out. But he was walking out into like some open timber, but just where we positioned ourselves. So Jesse's got a cool shot of Jacob, like on his knees, drawing his bow, but we just can't see the bull in the footage. Yeah. yeah, which sucks. Because it's big. So he says, he said it was one of the biggest ones we've seen. But yeah. He comes around and he sat there drawn for what seemed like freaking 20 minutes, but probably a minute and a half. And then he lowers his bow down onto his knee, but stays drawn back. So I was like, okay, that bull's stopped and he's looking at him or something. You know, he's not acquired where Jacob is, so I threw a reed in my mouth real quick and chuckled at him and that got the bull moving i guess and he started to come back towards jacob again so he raised his bow back up and he ended up turning like he was gonna leave and stopped him this kind of thick spot and jacob ended up sending an arrow through there through a small pocket he had and he never hit a limb or anything but i think the bull's shoulder was right behind a big tree and he said he aimed just to the right of that tree and so what i'm thinking he ended up hitting it in the shoulder and i think his leg was kicked back a bunch pushing that ball back mm-hmm. covering the vitals and when he shot it was what what do you say 20 yards 25 yeah, yards 25 yards i think is what it ended up being Anyways, that bull turned and ran. It wasn't an impossible window he, sh- he shot no. through either. It was a, definitely a doable shot. I just, I, I, yeah, it was just probably hard to assess what kind of position that bull was in. Well, by then he's been holding back, being drawn for who knows how long at this point. Yeah. So it's like, dude, for him to be able to even hit it at that point, like, I mean, yeah, it's twenty yards, but anybody who like shoots a bow who understands like holding a bow back. Doesn't matter if it's like sixty-five to eighty percent like let off. That's a long time to it hold is. back, and like I'm one of those guys. I have to get in, and I have to stay in. Like for him to be able to pull off his bow and then get back in, like I have to go through like the whole process. So I'd be screwed. That's that's just the type of shooter I am. Yeah. So that I mean that's really impressed. I'm really impressed that he could do that. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean that in that little trick he used to like drop your bow down and I've done that before drop your bow down that'll take you'll you'll start using uh, some different muscles and yeah. it'll kind of relief off of that back muscle you're normally using when you're drawing yeah well and if you're in the right position like I've done it you're sitting there drawing and you have to let down you can just set it on your knee and kind of use your knee yeah I've never done that I'll, yeah. I'll have to try that it, I mean it's worked for holding it back for a while. I mean, we're going to make a video of this. We can't. I, want, I, need, I don't know. I'm a visual a video person. of like <laughs> how long you can hold your bow back. Yeah, that actually would be pretty challenge. funny. New yeah. challenge. Uh, well, it would be pretty well, funny. The bow challenge. Perfect shot. Yeah, 20 and yards. And then and then who can shoot the best. Yep. Yeah. Dude, I mean, we've done little do we've yeah, done that's little a competitions. Sweet idea. That's and a good we'll idea. challenge. 
we'll challenge some other people, some other dudes that you guys know. Yeah, and make them absolutely. Do it. Yeah, we've done little competitions like like just when me and Jacob and Jeff and Brad have been shooting or something. You'd be like, targets out there like seventy yards, and it's like, hey, just hold that bow back for thirty seconds and then shoot it. See yeah. what happens. Well, because it's hard. It, plus, with adrenaline too, like. Oh yeah. So needless to say, he he hit him, but he hit didn't him. kill him. No, it turned and, and he ran. Didn't find any blood or anything. The arrow penetrated like maybe two inches. Like it was for sure a shoulder Straight shot. Straight into that shoulder blade. Yep. Yeah, and <laughs> we found the arrows broke off laying right there where he turned, and then we've seen. I mean, we we're hands and knees looking for blood, and I found like not even dime-sized drops. Maybe ten or twelve of them. And that's it in hundred yards. Yeah. Maybe. And we went back and looked three different times. Yeah. And then just because I know there's gonna be so many different people like listening to this this podcast, like you know, maybe they're not elk hunters. These animals are tough, super tough. I mean, they are. It's it's ridiculous, like what these things can live through. I mean, some of the shots. I mean, even even rifle hunters that have hit them, you know, they'll hit them high or whatever. Like, dude, they'll live through so much. And, I mean, that, that's oh, yeah. all they do is try to survive, I mean, at the end of the day. But they are a very tough animal. Yeah, no, no, no. You do not want to mistake them for not being strong. Like yeah. They, them things can go forever. And we we've have experience in this, like, situation. We've been here before. Mm-hmm. And, like, I can, like, 99% for sure say that that bull lived and was completely fine yeah like it was not a fatal shot got a nice cut but yeah he's just got a weak he's got a sore shoulder you know yeah that's maybe the... someone's gonna shoot him one day or find a bone. i mean think about how injured they get when they fight yeah. dude and then think about yeah. i saw someone posted a picture today i saw online there a horn was broken off yeah. inside the elk's head. Oh, yeah. It seems like my, someone posts one every year. Every my, year there's a new picture of a... guy we went to school, he was older than me. My cousin went to school with him, but uh, Josh Chilton, he shot a bull this year. And it had a tine, probably six inches long. Looked like a unicorn. It, it was <laughs> coming in from the side, but oh, yeah, wow. it was stuck underneath the skin right in, right in its head. Wow. It was pretty cool looking. That's insane. But yeah... Point being, a little arrow going an inch into an elk side is not killing it. It's fine. And that's just oh, part yeah. of archery hunt. I mean, yeah. Yeah, the highs we and lows shoot of all year long, and we try to execute these perfect shots, and sometimes it just doesn't work out. Well, like you said, look at you guys plan for so much, and then look how much changed during the, the calling sequence. Yep. Yeah. Like you guys moved three times, you know? like Oh, yeah, dude. It, it counts such a fiasco sometimes. Like... Well, and going from caller to shooter that quick, like he's <laughs> raking trees and it's, you know, it's, it, it takes a toll on you just calling like, cause you're, you, you're crashing a bunch of brush and you're making noise. Oh yeah. And then all of a sudden he's got to change his whole thought process to, oh man, I need to execute a good shot. Cause this bull is coming out in front of me. I mean, there's so many factors. It's yeah. lots, but yeah, we ended up trailing him and we stopped and we're sitting there. We lost blood pretty much, and what we took hour break, started eating lunch. Well, I guess you could call it breakfast because it was still only <laughs> yeah eight o'clock I think, <laughs> by this time. And we're sitting there leaning up against our packs, and all of a sudden I hear this bark. I'm like, 
what the? So I grabbed my bugle and bark back at it. And I think, didn't it bark one more time? Yep. And then I barked back again. And all of a sudden you look over. We thought we had bumped Jacob's bull. Yeah. At that point. Yeah. And here comes this other bull just skirting around us in the timber. So so you guys are still just like chilling there with your backpacks off yeah, and everything. Yeah, eating a like, sandwich. I threw no. my sandwich. <laughs> tell Sean, I'm like, grab your bow, grab your bow. And I grabbed the camera trying to get it all ready yeah. and stuff. And the funny part is, is we were talking about camera. So we never filmed before. This is our first year. So it was a whole new learning curve while hunting. And we got told like, yeah, this freaking mic on top of it. You know, they take a nine volt battery. Just leave them on and they'll last all day. Okay, sweet. So we're like, we'll just leave it on. Well, we're taking that break, you know, and we're tracking blood. And someone who had to mention about leaving it on, well, and we won't say names Make here. Point fingers. <laughs> I mean, he definitely uh, turned the mic off. So Yeah, I went against my own words. <laughs> so I'm videoing this. Sean's standing up right behind Jacob. You have no sound. Yeah, well... <laughs> I'm, you know, at this point, I think I do. Like, I'm like, oh my God, this is so cool. You can see him coming through the timber, like skirting us around this opening. And he's calling? No, he no. never called. Like, oh. he just barked twice and just started and just skirting around in. us. And I was like, so we're sitting there and I'm, he's going to pop out in this opening right here. Jacob's on his, still sitting down with his rangefinder right below Sean. Sean's standing behind him, getting ready to draw. Ranges his stick or stump over there. It was a 45 yards. Yeah, 45 yards. As soon as that bull steps out, he just walks right into that opening. Sean shoots, hits him, and he spins around and takes off, runs out, stops. And you can just see the bottom of his legs and stuff. And he's sitting there, and he starts doing the old sway and stagger <laughs> step. Wobble, yeah. like, I mean, the arrow, dude, when he, it hit him, it was just like a thwoop. Like, you yeah. can tell it went through the cavity, like, perfect. Yeah. And we're like, oh, he's gonna fall over right here in sight on camera like we're, you could still see him and he just kind of there i mean there was blood dripping starts, out of him i mean you could, yeah he just kind of gets swaying and then just starts walking and walks out of sight and we're like oh, he's done right there we just killed a bull while tracking another bull like this is pretty cool <laughs> you know wow so because we were we were way down like tracking that bull not finding blood it was like this is not good like we were, Jacob's like about to cry because he's so mad at himself. That sucks. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the highs and lows of it, man. Like that. Oh, you yeah. literally just went from the low to the low to the highs. Literally, the highs. like we were Instantly. down and then. Yeah. And it it goes people way wonder back. Why, you, why why people love hunting so yeah. much and get it? Oh yeah, and then after that, that Jacob is just insane. After that, Jacob's like freaking out, all excited again now and stuff, and it's like, kind of, took our mind off of, you know. The bad shot we just made. Well, we ended up waiting him out for what an hour and forty-five minutes, I think. We waited a long time and started tracking him. Had good blood, good blood for a ways, and kind of started petering out. And then he started spitting blood clots and stuff out. So we're like, oh yeah. We knew it was a fatal shot. Yeah. Like there was good, good lung like. You could tell one lung, like, I mean, there was good lung blood and stuff. And he went on, and then blood just petered out. So now we're like, 
So now you guys are dry tracking at this point? Well, I mean, it was there down wasn't... to like little specks and yeah. I mean, very, very minimal blood. Back to the hands and knees or not, yeah. not yet? Oh, wow. No, back to that hand... sucks, I was dude. Around so this is starting to go. Yeah. Oh, no. We, like now it's we're... like we jumped off a cliff. Like, Ugh. it was not good. Like, we're freaking out. And there was no like elk tracks to follow. Like, because there was elk tracks everywhere. everywhere. So. Yeah. And so we just waited. We sat there by a creek for a long time. Jacob dropped back, went back to his blood trail on that bull just because he wanted to see if he could find more. Right. And so he spent an hour over there looking. He came back, met up with us. And I mean, we sat there for an hour and a half searching in one spot, just trying to find out where this bull went. Where's your head at with that? Like, where were you at, Sean? Like, like at that moment, though? Because, like, I mean, you guys were like, blood, blood, dude, this, this, he's going to fall over. Like, you're watching him yeah. fall over, and then... It was it was super tough because I knew he was dead. Like, yeah. I knew he was going to die. So, and I've been through this before, and it's just like, it. I, I feel like I'm cursed sometimes with a bow in my hands. <laughs> yeah. um, but, like, I've hunted with Jesse and Jacob for a long time, and they're really good trackers, and they were always, like, you know, telling me to keep my head up, and I yeah. knew that we were going to give it our best effort to find this elk. Well, once Jacob met back up with us, we're like, all right, well, we're going to, you know, we knew the bull went the direction we were headed. So we split up and we were just going to grid search, you know, a hundred yards and see if we can come up with more blood or some tracks or something to go off of. Jacob made it up the hill, maybe only a hundred yards and comes up on this bull bedded down and has him at five yards and can't get a shot on him again the bull's still alive but like barely like he's just hanging on oh man and the bull busts again and goes down and so he starts bleeding again which is great like we got him moving so we got blood trail again we had a, a decent blood trail again and we get up to a point to where jacob last seen him run and we sat down and i I had tracks that I seen go down and cross this little creek. Yeah. And I I thought for sure those were his. Jacob thought he went and paralleled the creek down the ways. But we just decided we're like, you know what? We're going to let this bull bed down and die. We're not going to push him anymore. So by the, it's like 3 o'clock. I was going to say, this has been hours time. since yeah. you shot him then. Yeah. And we knew he was going to die. So we hunted our way back to camp. Right. Five. I don't know, four yeah, miles no, back to camp. Yeah. Well, it was crazy enough. It was like five o'clock once we got back to camp. Like, Yeah, we never get back that early. <laughs> <laughs> daylight? Still? Yeah. Yeah, it was still daylight, and we were like kind of just, I mean, what are you going to do? Go out and call in another boy? Right, right, right. Shoot three in a day? Like, Emotionally like, drained. Yeah. yeah is a good we were way just to put like, it. let's just get back to camp. Get rested Hang up. out, get yeah. some food, and just. You know, sit this one out. We'll come back in the morning, get up in there, and see what we can find. And we were lucky this year because it wasn't super hot. Yep. So, I mean, and that- it got that night. So, the night before, it was like, you know, 50, 60 degrees yeah. at night. The next night, it got down to like 35, like Perfect. super cold. So, yeah. we woke up the next morning, like, see our breath. We're like, yeah, like, we yeah. knew if we, you know, when we find him that he's going to be good to go. So we went back down to where we last seen him 
that next morning or where we last uh last blood last blood yeah uh and we make a game plan that we're gonna cruise the one side of the creek down and make sure that he didn't go that way and we went down and we ran into like zero elk tracks like this the elk hadn't been down there at all like and if you did see one set of elk tracks it would stand out because you know uh so I'm like, all right, well, let's cross this creek because I'm pretty sure he's on that side of the creek. I thought I just had a feeling he was on that side of the creek because I thought I seen his tracks go across it. And uh, we fanned out and we started pushing up the other side of the creek. And next thing I know, I start hearing whistling and and uh, Jesse said something. Well, I can't, I can't. So yeah, Jacob hollers at me and he's like, hey, he's like, I smell something like I smell freaking elk. Like really strong, like almost dead elk smell. And so he, but he forgot his wind checker. He didn't have his wind checker on him. And so I was like, "Well, just sit there real quick." And I was like, "I'll run over there." So I ran over to him and took my backpack off. And at this point, you know, we were just kind of in search mode, so we didn't really have anything out. So I had to get my wind checker out of my backpack, and I set my backpack on a log and go to unzip. And I'm talking to Jacob, and I just happened to look up, and I seen like just what you would think is like an elk body laying in this thick little patch of timber. And I just jump over the log and take off running, and Jacob's like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Run over there and peel the freaking trees back." And sure enough, there's his bull laying in this That's little awesome. patch, probably. Not even a hundred feet in front of Jacob. How far was that from where you guys stopped the night before? Probably a hundred and fifty yards. Yeah. Wow. Or further. But that bull had literally like right the direction that he crossed the creek literally went that direction and then just laid down and died. Wow. Yeah. But and he buried himself in the thickest little reprog oh, yeah. that you would imagine. Yeah. Like, yeah, my first elk with a bow. That's crazy. It was we the couldn't same even, thing. We couldn't even, like, dress him out in there. We had to, like, try to drag him out of it because it was just not even – it was probably 10 by 10 piece of just this thick little patch. Of All these jack furs. Jack furs. Yeah. That's cool. So, anyways, I, to, to go back on what happened with the shot is, for one, I didn't wait for jesse to cow call to stop the bull i, I, I shot him when he that. was walking which is a no-no but i did not make a bad shot my arrow hit about eight inches maybe six inches behind the front shoulder perfect yeah. windage but with that bull walking forward my arrow when it hit the bull it hit a rib and it deflected and went straight into the guts yeah so it caught one long and somehow just deflected and came straight out like right in front of the rear it was just like just like hitting a branch it just pretty much wow and kicked it and you'll you you'll see in the pictures i mean like the shot looks you look at that shot and be like wow it's money shot like perfect yeah well what's amazing it blew my mind is that he was doing he was doing the the stutter step right there like right off the get-go oh yeah And, and didn't go down yeah yeah no it was yeah insane but if you hit him in his guts he was probably like oh he was probably sitting there like what the hell's going on he was probably like yeah. just getting cut up inside i mean imagine if someone shoved an arrow up inside oh, you and man. started like 
Well, yeah, and it is jerking it around. I it mean, you'd be wobbling too. Gone, oh, yeah. and when it hit, it came out, and we'd seen where the arrow was like when he ran. You just caught a glimpse of so like it pa- an arrow. It pa- you had passed through then. Oh yeah, no, it went all the way through. It okay. came out and it got caught. The flexions got caught on the hide yeah. on the exit, so the arrow's hanging out of it. <laughs> and we ended up finding it. And what was weird is. I freaking smelt that arrow. It didn't and smell stuff. like guts. No. And it was covered in bright like red blood. Super like. red blood. And that's, it was like. Dead. You guys were like yeah. dead. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it blew my mind. Like, wow. What had happened? Crazy. There was never in a hundred years would I have thought he ended up into the guts on that bull. Wow. Moral of the story is, though, is you can't give him too much time. I know it's nerve-wracking in September when the temperatures are hot, but we yeah. played it right. It was cooling down. We found the bull, and the only meat that we could not save on that elk was the tenderloins. Uh, so that's a win. In my book, Like for a gut-shot elk, that was a win. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like yeah, It didn't bleed all the way overnight. up. Yeah. Like, we lost a little bit of meat on one of the rear quarters, the, the femoral artery. Mm-hmm. Uh soured a little bit of meat on it but it was like less than a pound like it was a tiny bit so yeah it it was good it could have been a lot worse sweet pretty much needless to say washington two days was started our season out just well what was it a little three point a four point what'd you shoot yeah it was a broken up well it it should have been so we have this bull on camera the year before and the side that he's a four point on, or well, he should have been a four point. He's got a broken third. Yeah. He was uh, like six point the year before, a broken off, and there's a knot on in the main beam where he broken off and crowned the year before. He was just a little, he was a, a smaller raghorn bull, but he had a crown. And then the other side, he was just a four point. Yeah, dude, this bull had like a set of balls on him because like looking at the rack, like no, oh, yeah, he, he was so like just broken, broken main beam, yeah. like. He's just a fighter. Yeah. yeah. Probably six inches up from his G2. Broken main beam on the left side. Broken point. Almost every single point had an acorn on it where he broke it in velvet. It's like That's cool, though. That's a cool Oh, mount. no. He's cool. yeah. Yeah. going to be a cool European mount. Just, yeah, he's a warrior. Yeah. Little warrior. And we weren't going to be picky regardless. Oh yeah, I mean it's a raghorn bull, but we had two days to hunt in Washington, so dude, to get it done in we're two never days, we're never picky. Yeah. We, yeah. yeah, yeah. I got an itchy trigger finger. If I, <laughs> I will shoot whatever. <laughs> if it's bull legal, let's do comes it. Comes in my. Oh yeah, we're we're meat hunters. Like we're like ninety percent meat hunters, but like we won't kill a cow on the first yeah. like week, but we'll kill any three pointer better bull. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Whatever is legal, it's gonna die. Other than a cow. I mean, I don't know. We got late season and stuff, so I kind of hold the cow out till late season. Yeah. Yeah, which is nice that we do get that second opportunity. Because um, I know there are some states, like, that's all they get that early season, and that's that's it. Yeah, but that early season is like a month long. Yeah. Right, right. Not right. like us. I'm not going to lie. I'm talking about Oregon. Like, dude, they got... They got a if we had they have a 30 long days season, in man. Washington, dude, it would be epic. I'd lose so much weight. <laughs> dude, 
I'd lose probably my get a job. divorce. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So Sorry, that, boys, that's how me and in. that's how me and Jesse's first and Jacob's first two days of Washington went. How did how did your archery season go, Cliff? Yeah, you know what's crazy too is we might have to hear Cliff's story. Yeah. and we might have to make these people wait to hear Colorado. We might need to get Jacob. Exactly. In here. Yeah, I, we need to get yeah. Jacob. We probably need to get Jacob in here and make all you guys out there listening. I know we've been teasing you with Colorado, and they've mentioned it a little bit, but. We're going to get to it. We promise. You guys got to stay tuned and subscribe. But with that being said, Cliff, you whacked a bull too, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was crazy because uh, Sean, they were, before they left, he was looking to get a generator. And I was like, oh, dude, I got one. I'll, I'll bring it over. And uh, this leads really into the story and actually how it went down. I tell Sean, like, so I, I take the generator over and I'm like, you know, dude, I mean, I'm, I'm not... I've done the whole elk hunting thing. I'm not like this huge, great elk hunter and all that. And I was, I was telling him, I was like, dude, I just, I don't know, man. Like sometimes they, you know, I, I've never really got them to talk a whole lot. And, and he's like, yeah, but do when you do like, just be aggressive with it. Like, don't, don't be afraid. Like, don't be afraid to mess it up. Cause every single time, like, like the year before we had a bull, like chuckle, like down below us. And I'm like, I'm like, Oh, what, what do I, what do I do? Like just mine goes blank and I go retarded. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. And, uh, that night I, I went to my kid's football game after I talked to Sean and he's like, dude, just be aggressive with it. Just go in and go after him. That's what we do. And it honestly, it works. I, I would like to say it works like 75% of the time. Mm-hmm. That might be a fudged percentage, but Hey, I mean, it's, uh, I'd throw it out there, man. Cause I, right now I'm batting a thousand with it, like, <laughs> you know? So, I mean, I'm just going to quit now and say that I'm perfect. Um, but, uh, my, my buddy sent me a text message and he's like, dude, you got to get up here. The bulls are bugling like crazy. All right, whatever, you know? So went to his football game. We were up till like 1130, got home. I still have all my stuff strung out from, from deer hunting that from the last episode, I told everybody how terrible it was. Um, and so I, I grabbed some of my gear. Uh, I grabbed uh, an extra backpack, and I was like, "All right, deep. Like tomorrow morning, we're gonna go. We're gonna leave the house at three. So we head up. So you're you're kind of like n- nervous, and you're oh, yeah. kind of winging it at the same time, right? Yeah. Like you didn't really know what to expect, right? We we get up there, and and like nobody's moving around. My buddy was was up, and he's like, "Hey, go up this gate, go this way, take your second left, and just head up in there." All right, like I'm sure, why not? You know, odds are nothing's gonna be as that easy. Yeah. And so we. we so had, leading up to this, have you killed an oak before? Uh, I've shot a cow. Okay. I shot a cow. Uh, I used to hunt the east side a lot, um, and I shot I shot one out of a stand, and then I actually missed the spike one year. I'm gonna say a long distance, even though it was not. Uh, I shot right under it, but. Um, so like not, and I mean, I rifle hunted. That's how I started. I cut my teeth on rifle hunting, um, down at the coast and I got a, I got a four point down there and I just, I just always wanted, you know, you watch like the, the primos, you know, and you're like, dude, this is how it's going to be. Like all these epic situations, bull's going to come in, like be drooling and like pissing on itself and it's going to splatter on you and it's going to be right there, you know? And it's not it 10 yard shot every time, every time. And yeah. then it dies like right there. Yeah. Within view. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And you know, like it does happen sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so we, uh, we start, we start heading in case and, in point, the story we're telling right now. Right. Yeah. The, this there, yeah, not a whole lot to it. I mean, it's simple. 
And uh, we start heading in. Um, my kid's not, he's not hunting. He just went with me. And uh, we start going up and in and, and we bumped, we bumped a herd and I, it was still dark. So about 6.20, I rip off a bugle and this bull just hits me just right back, right at the top of the hill. I'm like, oh, cool. Like I took that like victory, dude. I'm like, yeah, they're talking to me. Especially when they hit you that fast. Yeah. That's, that's when you know to be aggressive right away. Yeah. And like, I'm just, I'm just asking myself, I'm like, okay, like I have, I've messed up enough stuff, like just being really timid. So I'm like, dude, I'm just, I'm going to Sean Keller the hell out of this. Like, dude, I'm going for it. <laughs> and, and so like, I start just, I'm like, screw it. Wind was perfect. And, uh, ripped off another bugle. I don't know, like five minutes later. And, uh, he hits me right back again. And I start heading up the hill, hit this little cat road and, like I said, the wind was perfect and I just creep up on top and like hits me right in the back. I dive off like just a madman, you know, I don't, I don't know what's going on. I'm like, how, I don't know how, like the wind's been blowing down the whole time. It's still early in the morning. Like there's no reason for it to be going back uphill. It's been blowing down. It's something about it being elk season in September Dude. that the wind likes to just have a mind of its own. Yeah. I think. And I think everybody out there has probably experienced this a time or two. The perfect situation, yeah. Oh, you gotta just run circles, like chasing the wind. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, yeah, yeah. Well, and Jesse, he he gets upset with me sometimes because I like this guy in the wind. Well, the wind is important to me, and I where we hunt, the wind switches every two seconds. So, oh yeah, and Jesse has to remind me on a a minutely basis. <laughs> To just calm down. The wind's going to do what it's going to do. We're going to do what we're going to do. Yeah. <laughs> like, you just... The wind's going and to your back, hunt your sides. Like, it's all you can do. Yeah. Like, if, if it you're going to this... If it's on you like that, I mean, there's really nothing you can do, right? It's not. I mean, no. yeah, I, half the time, like, it's like, I'll check it every once in a while. But it's like, you're going to this area, you just kind of hunt, hunt it from the side. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, and I mean, the wind was good enough to where it's like, I didn't need, I mean, I had my checker, but I didn't need it. It was hitting me in the face. Yeah, blowing hard enough, you don't even need it. And so I, I, I finally get brave enough. I hit this cat road again. It's still in my face. I'm like, okay. And I look up on the hill, and there he is just like thrashing a tree. And I'm like, all right, well, if you want to play these games, let's do this. And it sounded like a great elk hunter that I yeah. am. You know? <laughs> yeah, I got this, you know? And, and Hey, confidence is key. <laughs> it is, dude. So, so I look over and I'm like, one, two, three. And, and my kid's like, what are you counting? I was like, dude, all those cows that are right there. So I'm like, this is going to be an awesome situation because he's on that ridge. They're over there. It's on like Donkey Kong. I'm like, are you good? He's like, yeah. I'm like, I'm leaving right now. I'm running. And I literally ran up the hill and I hit another road, just through the clear cut. And I hit another cat road and I, I started going up and I'm like, I could see a, uh, two of the cows. I'm like, ugh. Like, I just knew, like, I just had this gut feeling. I'm like, dude, if you don't back down, like, at least 50 yards and hit the timber to your right, it's done. So I backed down real quick, head up to the right side, hit the timber line. And uh, he lets off, he lets off a bugle. And, I mean, he's like, I don't know, 50, 75 yards in front of me. It's so thick, you can't see. So I just rip a bugle off. I just start thrashing stuff, breaking sticks, ripped off another bugle. And you could hear him coming running down the hill. 
So, dude, I just, I drop my bugle tube. I, like, draw back. I'm, like, in my peep. And I'm, like, stay in your peep. Stay in your peep. Stay in your peep. And I can see tines coming through the brush. I'm, like, stay in your peep. Stay in your peep. Stay in your peep. And I thought he that's was going to. Gonna... That's a good shot process. Oh you, God, got, you have to talk yourself through it. Yeah. yeah. And, and, I thought, and I thought he was going to come in front of the stump. And, and he went on the back side of it. And I had my uh, I had my reed on the right side of my mouth, and I'm tucked down in my kisser button. I'm like, I'm not pulling off this. There is no way in hell. Like, I'll just meow or something just to get him to stop. As soon as I was getting ready to do that, like, if nobody's experienced like an elk being able to pinpoint a call, and if they think that's BS, I'm going to tell you right now, they know where you're calling from. They have a GPS built into their brain. Dude, oh, yeah, dude, this bull turned, went, like, he took two steps straight at me. I told my buddy, Eric, I was like, dude, I don't know if the shot went off in fear or what. Because, <laughs> dude, this bull was coming for a fight. And so I, I just let it rip. He spins, turns. and what, Wait, what kind of shot was this? The, <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, this is one that, uh, like, a lot of people get worked up over. It was a frontal shot, which I've told myself um, I, I missed the deer with it. I didn't wound it. I missed it. And I told myself I'd never do it again. And he came around and, and dude, in that moment, and this is like 13, this is 13 yards, 13 yards, like with an elk that close, that's a big target. That's hard to miss. Yeah. So on a frontal shot though, it's not. Uh, oh yeah. In, in, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I took that shot. That's the risk I was willing to take. And I know there's a lot of people that, that disagree with it and that's, that's fine. Um, because at, at the end of the, the day, like he died. And so I shot him, he spun, he took off. I grabbed my tube that was by my feet while running forward. Um, cause I wanted to see where he was going to go. I rip off a bugle and he stopped and I could see his tines. He dropped down on this little skid road and all I could see was just the one point. And, uh, I was like seven yards from him and then he just drops and I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, dude, this just happened? I was like, no, he, he had to have gone over the edge. And then all of a sudden, and, and I, I took my phone out. And unfortunately, the video that I have has zero audio because it was raining at this point. And somehow it got into my speaker. So I have now a video of just like real quiet <laughs> noise and looking like, uh, you know, like I'm like in mad panic. Um, but you could I was sitting there and I, I could hear him just. <laughs> just making this noise i'm like dude i just smoked a bull so i'm like i'm calling people because i don't want to move i'm like dude i just i just smoked a bull he's like seven yards from me <laughs> and there's nobody here to celebrate with you know so like that's the hardest part you know you like you guys are hunting together you like high fives and all that wait where did your kid go he was still down the hill. He was like four <laughs> miles down the hill. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. No, Wait a I. It wasn't there two people. Yeah. Oh, like well. After this happened, I was like, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, this is first year coming out, and I'm like, dude, I just left him, and now, now I have a dead animal, and I don't know where this kid is. So like, I'm, I'm like, uh, so like. I don't know, 45 minutes, almost an hour goes by. And like the cows are still like right there, like chirping and everything. I'm like, all right, I'll go down and see if he's right there. Sure enough, I go down. Not the hugest bull in the world by any means, but dude, perfect for me. Like I was, I was on cloud nine. I'm sitting there air high fiving myself. And uh, I'm like, now, now what do I do? Like, 
do I go find him? Do I start like cutting this thing up? Like, yeah. I don't know what to go do. Go find your kid. Yeah, right. right? Now, I know there's people listening. They're like, dude, you just left him. I'm like, yeah, no, I did. Well, I think all good dads do that a time yeah. or two. Yeah. When their kids are young, I, you know, I think that. Hey, I've been lost three different times. And that search and rescue after me twice. There you kid, go. So. so he finally he finally shows up, and I'm I'm all excited and everything. He's like, oh, you got one? Yeah. You know, and he finally gets up there, and he's. He's looking at it, he's like, whoa. He's never seen an elk on the ground, you know? He's like, are, are we going to drag this back to the truck? <laughs> Dude, you can try. <laughs> I'll support you the whole way. You know, so I got a hold of my buddy Cody, uh, who was up there, and, and he was able to come up, help me out, and, you know, boned him out and, and got him down the hill. It was about a two and a half mile hike. So not bad, but I mean, dude, like it, it, it happened so fast. It a little was like, four point, right? Yeah. It was just, yeah. A little four point. And, uh, you know, first bugle ripped off 620, arrowed him at 738 and it was done. That's cool that you got to experience that with your kid and yeah. you got yeah. to hear the bull bugle. Cause you know, yeah, I didn't now get... he's going to elk hunt like a mof. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's already asking when we're going to get him a bow. I'm like, bro, we got to get you through your first year of rifle season. Yeah. Like, he's into it. I didn't get to hear my first bull bugle till I was probably 17 honestly uh you know because i grew up rifling that's what my dad did my family did and it i just you know i heard about on tv and this and that and i i took it in my own hands to go start archery hunting and i started it on my own not knowing anything yeah and you know over the years learning and doing as much research as i can but yeah i i didn't hear my first bugle till i was 17 i'm pretty sure phil was it was phil yeah phil phil rudat took me out and he's like, you want to hear an elk view? And I'm like, yeah. And we were out camping and he's like, all right. And Phil's a pretty good caller. I don't know why he doesn't elk hunt. Who's better, Jesse? Je- it's, oh. hard. it's hard to beat Jesse. <laughs> Jesse is pretty, pretty oh, good. But Phil, you know, Phil's good too. people that can beat me. <laughs> Phil, Phil's a good caller. Jesse's a really good caller. And uh, he knows what to do in the right situations, if that makes sense. Yeah. But anyways, so... Phil takes me out to go bugling when we were out camping one day. And this was actually like end of August, like before, I mean, it's kind of as post or pre rut, you yeah. know, but we ended up calling in a bull. My very first time out bugling, calling a bull to like 15 yards. And I don't, I don't, uh, everybody's hating on you right now. What are you doing out there? Educating the bulls. Yeah. yeah. And, and, I, and I, I don't, I don't approve of that. I was, I don't I think was young. Education has nothing to do with it. The only time you're going to educate them is if you walk right in and bust them. Yeah. But people say don't go out and just bugle off roads and all this stuff. A, a bull does not associate the sound of a vehicle going down a road with a bugle. Like I elk bugle. I think in time. some elk areas here. they might. Super high pressure. Yeah. Maybe. For instance, there was a bull last year that you were calling in that uh, there were some guys driving around their diesel pickup bugling, and you could literally hear the diesel truck door slam, truck turn off, and then bugle. Oh, yeah. And then they start the truck up and drive (laughs) off, and then Jesse waits 30 seconds, rips off a bugle, and the bull answers us. So, I mean, there is times where I think it does. Granted, those people were trying to hunt me. Yeah, we were way you sound down, that good. We were d- way down the ridge, bugling, and they were on the road, and they started bugling at us, and we were like, "Okay, we're getting out of here." Started heading up, and they just started trying to 
hit roads coming up the ridge and chasing trying to cut you off oh yeah because there's like four series i can tell you if you got a problem with me educating them deal with it because i go do it all the time it's fun and i (laughs) encourage people to do it i think it's how else do you get practice right you want people to go out and practice like trying to kill an elk like i think that you can i i think that you could just be smart about it so if you're gonna go out and bugle at bulls in the off season or at nighttime, because the nighttime is a great time to look mm-hmm. But <laughs> I don't think it's a huge secret. No, it's but not. Just don't go. Number one tip. If you're, yeah, don't go ripping up the road, rev limiter at 5,000 RPMs, <laughs> and then bugling out your your truck window while your truck's still running. I mean, like, be halfway smart about it. Like, turn what your if rig you do off. That and you get like six or seven bugles well, back. Yeah. It, and it does work. Like, we've guys. done it. Like, we've done it. Well, but I'm just saying that because I know it works because I do it all the time. <laughs> but at night, yeah, you, and you can't. It, 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 midday, I've never had it work. Yeah, literally. You and me don't... and Josh this year tried not only from driving from the trucks, but walking down hundreds of roads. We walked hundreds of roads this season bugling and never got one response. Really? Yeah. Wow. Well, and and well, I'm talking. We put some. We we put some effort in big time, and we had bulls multiple bulls on our cameras so we know the freaking bulls are in the area they just weren't bugling there's no hot cows like that makes a big difference one thing that you gotta realize too is that that bugle does not travel as far as you think oh i know yeah yeah that's why that's what we bugle more often than probably a lot of people like honestly we Mm -hmm. i bugle probably every 150 200 yards if not i'll bugle less than that probably 100 times a day or more yeah that's I mean. what that's what i was trying to explain a little bit to josh i don't think he josh is elk hunting a lot but he doesn't i don't think he understands that doing that or just he's never done it that's not his style of doing it so he's yeah, just never everyone seen it. has their different style that's just part of being aggressive like our aggressive yeah. style like i've just seen it i've seen it from you guys and i've seen it from so many other people that when you do that and you stick to that program, you're pretty, people are successful doing it. Yeah. Timing and, you know, knowing what to do in certain situations. Yeah. And going back on the bugling thing, like we've gone out and tested it, like in certain, uh, in, I, I don't know, I guess call it environments like thicker brush to yeah. like, uh, you know, changes, canyons and draws, you know, canyons and, and yeah. draws and how it echoes. And if you go out and kind of play with that, like, do it like in, you know, January or anything, you know, if you're, you know, just you, you'll see how those echoes, you know, will bounce back at you or they won't like, you know, if you're in thick timber and you let out a bugle and you don't hear an echo, that thing's only traveling probably a hundred to 200 yards. But I mean, if you even think about like, if we're talking about like sound and everything, when you think about shed hunting, like this year, like that whole situation, dude, they were only 150 yards, 200 yards below us. Oh yeah, yeah, and and nobody could hear anything. You know, th- there's a whole another story for another time. But like, it's the the density like that takes so like it'll deaden noise to where, dude, they weren't very far. I mean, you're talking 150 to 200 yards, like. Yeah, and elk, you know, they have really good hearing, but I I think that if you have, especially the country we hunt, super thick and dense. Well, and also there's a factor of just when you're closer when the bull hears the bugle closer he's more receptive to call back too right absolutely because you're in his territory exactly so maybe if he hears it up on the road he's like 
Eh, that bull's he's near me, but well, no big I mean, deal. He's not that. You got to know the language of them too. I mean, like they all have language. Like you know, there's certain bugles for certain things and certain grunts and chuckles and noises that all mean one certain thing for hunting. Like. I spoke gibberish and it worked too. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I always did. Like, I just listening to a bunch of podcasts and yeah. stuff and other people like talking about elk hunting and what they've experienced and all this stuff. And, like, I mean, it's true. Like, you know, if you want to do a locate bugle, like, you know, it's high, low, quick, cut it off. And that's all they do. Just yeah, I was screaming at this quick, guy. Cut it off. I mean, you'll get a lot more responses to that than you will, like, doing a challenge bugle or chuckling or something like that. You know, I mean, you could go out and bugle a hundred different times and still not get anything, but you get a lot more, like, you'll notice, like, a bull bedded when he bugles back, it's, like, real... I mean, it sounds like a lazy man. Like, you know, he's just kind of... Like, just a real mellow, easy bugle. Yeah. And they'll respond a lot hmm. to that. Like, just locate calls. You'll get bulls that'll just be bedded. And that's mostly midday. Like, yeah. They'll get down in their beds midday. Where they're and they'll safe. still talk, yeah. you know. But they're not as susceptible of talking as they would... In the mornings when they're up running around. Yeah. So knowing the language, I mean, it helps out a lot too. Well, yeah, and that that locate bugle, like you don't want to get out there and throw out some aggressive, like growling bugle with chuckles to locate a bull because (laughs) he's going to feel threatened and he's not going to answer you. He's going to think that that you're trying to come at him right away as where if you give out this, you know, lazy, weak, short bugle – they're just saying hi from across the ridge, you know, and then you can figure out where that bull's at and then you get in his kitchen and then you challenge him and get aggressive with him. And that's, you know, what we've learned, you know? Yeah. Locate bugles like, Hey, I'm over here. This is my area. Well, I think this needs to be an entire podcast in itself is talking about different ways to bugle and the language that could definitely be an interesting subject we can talk about for sure. So. There's so many things we could talk about. I could sit here and talk to them. I'm hoping we can drag out the, the Colorado morning. thing because they're going to talk about the bull. That's what that's... we're going to do. So with that being said, I think we've reached a time limit here. We probably should cut it off and go to sleep because we all have to work tomorrow. But yeah. this has been a good good podcast. I've enjoyed it. Hopefully all you guys out there listening have enjoyed it. As always, don't forget to subscribe. iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. What do you guys got to say? You guys want to tell anything? We have so much more to share. It's you know that was just a small tidbit of our hunting season so far. Yeah. And you guys are both going coming. out this weekend with you're going with Katie. You're going with your dad, right? Yeah, I talked to my old man into getting a tag. He hasn't. I mean, we took him out I think two years ago for muzzleloader and stuff. But so we're just going to keep he's pushing a Colorado back. He's a workaholic. <laughs> the dude freaking no. All our he next... does is work. Podcast number three, we will be talking about their Colorado elk hunt. So make sure you guys subscribe. Thanks so much for tuning in, and we'll catch you later. Right on. Thanks, guys. Later.